Welcome to In the Huddle. We're going to start uh, the show a little differently today. Our player interviews will be coming up uh, very soon, but as uh, we do every year, we try to do something special to remember 9-11. Uh, and I want to tell a little story here. Uh, behind me is uh, a memorial here in Balsam Spa, New York, which is uh, my part-time home at this point. And two years ago, it was opened up uh, with these uh, two pieces of steel as a centerpiece. Three years ago, my family and some friends were involved in collecting those pieces of steel at JFK Airport. Uh, when my friends and family arrived to pick up that steel, they would learn that those are the final two pieces of steel that were to be given out. The hangar that was holding all the uh, artifacts and steel, etc., it was empty. This was it. And you can see behind me this beautiful memorial representing the losses that we all felt on 9-11 and the hope we have in terms of the rebuilding that we've done since that point. As we do every year, we want to play a special uh, conversation that we had in tw 2008 when we started the show. Eric Wren and I spoke with then head coach Ed Zaloom of WPI about 9-11 and about the game that got played between WPI and Union at Union College about four days later. We hope uh, that you'll Take a moment and think about 9-11 before we dive into the rest of this show and let Coach Saloom's words drive your thoughts and memories. Thank you. On September 28, 2008, former WPI head coach Ed Saloom joined Eric Ren and me on our Liberty League interview show in the huddle. During the interview, I asked Coach Zulum about the football game played on Frank Bailey Field on September 15, 2001, just four days after Shanksville, Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C., and New York City were attacked on September 11th. For those just joining us, Coach Ed Zulum from uh, WPI joining us here in the huddle. Uh, Coach, my first exposure to you uh, was back a long time ago, uh, it seems like, and that makes me sound old right now, in uh, 2001. <laughs> brought in the WPI team to Union, and it was right after 9-11. There was a lot of questions as to whether that game was going to be played or not. And it was a rare circumstance after the game. Union had defeated you in a really hard-fought game, I believe, uh, that year. But you addressed both teams on the field after that game, a very rare thing for uh, that to happen. I mean, take us back. What did you say to the teams uh, that day, and how close was that game to not being played uh, in retrospect? Well, you know, I've got to admit something to you, Frank. That was a very difficult week for me. Uh, I've never had trouble uh, going out to a practice field and preparing a football team, um, regardless of what the circumstance was the week before, whether we won, whether we lost, whether we were 0-5 or 5-0. But I've got to tell you, that was probably the most difficult week for me to go out to a practice field because it seemed so meaningless at the time and I remember calling the commissioner almost every day and asking him am I the only guy that's having this kind of problem and should not all games be canceled and he said he had already gotten a million calls the head of the NCAA on that issue and that they still felt it was better to play so that we wouldn't lend any credence to what went on and the country wouldn't be in panic as a, as a result of everything being canceled that was going on so, you know, I felt very strongly at the time, and we had a, a, a ceremony on the field, and I, I, you remember that, Frank, I think it was before the game, I think we mm -hmm. gave honor to the people that had passed away in the whole incident, 
And then after the game, I just felt this great passion to to, uh, to talk to both teams. And, you know, John Ardino and I have always had a good relationship with Gary Reynolds, the whole coaching staff there. If you remember, I'd coached mm-hmm. in that area for many years and got to know those guys very well. So, no, you know, I, you know, it's hard for me to think back and remember what I said. I simply, I, I, I guess I wanted to say to the players to, uh, you know, um, that our heart should go out to those people that passed away and so on, that you as the young people and you as athletes especially, I have a, a great fondness for college football athletes and college athletes as a whole. I believe they're going to be the next leaders of our great nation and of the world. And I said, you know, that that is that what was very important is that they take the things they learn here on the football field and they use that in the future and to make sure that our country remains strong as a result of their character and the things that they learn out on the football field. And I think that was the basic message that I was given at the time, you know, uh, because it seemed to me I was very confused at the time. It looked like the world around me was collapsing. If you had told me then uh, that there would never have been another attack on our United States up to now, I would have never believed it. That's one of those moments, Coach, it's the Pearl Harbor of our generation in the standpoint we all kind of remember where we were. I'm sure it really put a lot in the perspective. While Coach Saloom is no longer coaching WPI, his stories and words of wisdom live on to this day as shown by the clip you just heard. His memories of 9-11 are much like the rest of ours, and like him, we will never forget. Okay, JB, we haven't even changed our clothes from our first show this week, or maybe we recorded it all in the same day. Our little secret here, but uh, you, you saw our host chat, hopefully. If you haven't, go back at that episode on iTunes or wherever uh, as we went through all the games from week one and had coach interviews. We wanted to separate that from the player interviews, and we have some tremendous players uh, we talked to throughout the weekend. We wanted to present them here. Normally, we'll have you know a first live-ish type of uh, interview here in this uh, slot, but because we have so many you know, game day interviews, we wanted to run them instead uh, this week. And so we're going to start with uh, the WPI game. Our good friend Jason Bowen, who is a uh, color commentator for Wesley Radio usually, uh, he went out to see the WPI Worcester State game, and he had interviews with Nick Ostrowski, First off, a senior linebacker who had four tackles, including and also one pass breakup. I believe he's a captain for that team. And uh, Coach C. Rob, big fan of Ostrowski, obviously. Let's hear from him. We're here talking to Nick Ostrowski from uh, WPI after a big win over uh, Worcester State. Uh, Nick, uh, tell me a little bit. You guys really dominated on defense. I really thought your D-line controlled the game. Oh, yeah, the D-line. The D-line, man, they're a bunch of dogs. They're, they're the best. They're, they're, they execute to the highest level. Coach Holmes coaches them up. You just got to you gotta give it all to them because they're the ones that's working up front. It's, it's the best. I mean, playing behind a D-line like that is just incredible. No yeah, one gets me. I know as an old <laughs> linebacker and linebacker coach, I appreciate those guys yeah, up front oh, get, yeah. getting it, it done up there. And you guys held them under 100 yards. Um, you know, until I don't think they got over 100 yards until uh, you know late in the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, got to feel good first night out huge crowd great support here um talk to me about you guys mindset coming into this football game just got it's got to pump you guys up coming in big crowd 
crosstown rival. Haven't yeah, played in a couple yeah, years. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we are definitely fired up. Um, the guys put in so much work this summer, and we are just really excited to show how much work we put in this summer. I mean, I wouldn't really look at the scoreboard. I'm just going to go into uh, the film room tomorrow and check it out. Um, we'll kind of see how really well we did, you know. I'm really not... Look at the scoreboard. Oh, we got to get better. We got a big, big game next week. So I'll talk a little bit about next week. RPI, you got yeah. a team that went to the quarterfinals last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, awesome football team. A team you're a senior. You've played them every year. Oh, yeah. You know, a rival to Transit Trophy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's that mean to you guys? Going oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think. I think we. I've won it once freshman year, I think, if I can remember. Where he's at RPI, and that was such a great moment. And everybody, you can tell how much people care about it and everything like that. It really is a rivalry. Um, about the game. We just have to execute. We're gonna have to have a really good week of practice, and we have to work hard because this isn't anything compared to what we're gonna face on Saturday. We're gonna have to work very, very hard this week to have a chance to win. All right, Nick. Good luck, man. So Nick Ostrowski, that defensively brought it on in that uh, the Worcester State game, uh, zero uh, points scored by the Lancers in that game, JB, and that was one huge key to that game, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, the, it, this WPI team is loaded with seniors, 35 or 36 guys, the biggest class in, in program history. And uh, thank you to Jason, who uh, was actually on his way up to New Hampshire to cover the, the Wesley-Franklin uh, Pierce game. Apparently, a little real random fact, Frank, and I'm trying to pull it up here, his uh, his nephew is actually a backup or, or quarterback. I mean, although now I'm looking at the roster, there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's so many quarterbacks on this roster. <laughs> I'm not sure which one he is. I think it's uh, Braden Ballard, maybe, um, or uh, I thought it said it's Brandon, uh, maybe Brandon Alexa from Hatboro, uh, Pennsylvania, the sophomore quarterback. I think it's that's who it is. But um, WPI with a very you know commanding performance on a, a rivalry game and certainly a team that you thought Frank would be a top contender in the new Mac and it looks like they certainly are well uh, two other players that will have a lot to do with that is, are uh, Connor Field and Sean McAllen Field had 117 yards rushing on Friday and McAllen had 78 yards rushing and they combined for three touchdowns on the ground that's going to be very key we know what their offense is like there's no secret to WPI's overall offensive scheme and these two players could take their team a long way this season let's hear from them we're here at uh, WPI after their big win over Worcester State 51-0 here and I'm here with the uh uh, they're not twins, but uh, <laughs> but they did live on the same hallway as freshmen. Uh, we got Sean McAllen and Connor Field, and uh, guys, this had to feel good for you guys. I know you guys were banged up with injuries last year. You guys come out combined for three touchdowns, go over 100 yards together, and um, you know just talk about uh, the struggle uh, of getting back. And it had to feel good to be out here tonight. Yeah, being injured is definitely it sucks. You know, Connor didn't like really play last year. My ankle's a little bummed out, but we're back. We're healthy. We're having a fun time here. It's a great start to senior year, and we're excited for the season. Yeah, missing missing all last year was definitely tough. Had to watch had to watch the guys suit up every game, but this year reminds me of sophomore year. We're both out here, both healthy, and it was looking good. And I know it's you know running backs got to credit those offensive line. I thought your offensive line did an incredible job tonight controlling the line of scrimmage. Oh yeah, the O-line uh, did great. We got four seniors out there and we also have a junior. They've been working hard this offseason. I was excited to open some uh, 
some big holes for me, Connor, and other uh, running back, Yuglovich, and we just got a lot of work to do. We got a big game next week in RPI. We're just uh, excited for that. Talk about that a little bit. I know you guys are seniors, freshman year. Uh, you win the trophy, chance trophy. Um, you know, RPI, big rival. Yeah. Playoffs, playoff success the last couple of years, quarterfinal. You got to be sky high going into this game and looking forward to it. Oh yeah, we'll definitely be. We'll be fired up. Um, freshman year was a great feeling. Sophomore year, tough loss. Didn't get to play them last year, so I'm definitely looking for some redemption this year. All right, guys. Good luck next week, and thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Again, thanks to Jason Bowen for those interviews. And as I said at the beginning of those interviews, basically we know WPI is going to run this type of offense. It will be interesting to see if they can execute it against RPI coming up this next week. Uh, if they can, I think the entire NUMAC better wake up and realize that this team is for real this season. If not, well... It doesn't mean they're dead by any stretch of the imagination. As we keep saying, if you lose a non-conference game, you got to win your conference. It's as easy as that at this point. And a team like WPI is well aware of that situation. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Quarterback-wise, I mean, do you see much of a passing game for WPI from what you've seen? I know you did a little bit of study up on them uh, in the preseason. Do you see much of a quarterback-driven game, or do you think this is going to be the running game almost, you know, riding that horse all the way for the uh, WPI? Well, the difference between a 9-2 and two and 6-4 and four season for WPI in the last two years really was based on McCown and Fields, who had a combined 2,000-plus rushing yards back in 2017. They both got injured in 2018. Justin Nyland was the quarterback who, who had to carry the load, and with, without a, a running game, he did well. But now that he's got this complement of these two awesome backs, uh, WPI really has both aspects uh, checked off. So Nylon has the experience of a quarterback who can distribute the ball, plus he's got two running backs who can potentially run for 1,000 yards each. That's what they're going to do. They're going to pound the ball. Their defense is attacking 3-4 um, style with the, the old-fashioned nose guard is going to just try to cram the middle there and uh, let guys like Ostrovsky uh, make some plays up the middle and get all the tackles and the stats. So WPI is a, is a pretty complete team right now. We'll see. RPI is going to be a tough test. They're, they're sort of the reigning beast of the East. Uh, they haven't lost to WPI since 2016, I think, Frank, was the last right. time that uh, the, the Massachusetts engineers beat the ones from New York. Uh, but it, it certainly has happened a few times, and, and it'll be interesting to see if they can pull it off again this weekend. Let's move on to the Utica game. Uh, we're going to skip uh, DelVal and Wesley for later because they will face each other uh, this coming weekend. So Utica up next. And uh, Elijah Bell, uh, we showed the clip on our previous show. We'll show it again. A great interception here as uh, Groshot just didn't read that right. Uh, he threw directly to him, it looked like, almost. They were shading coverages. We talk about that question in this interview. Uh, as uh, Elijah Bell and Peyton Miller joined me at the same time, we had a big rain out going on at the end of this uh, game. We're right at, as it ended, it poured out and started to lighten up as this interview occurred. But we wanted to get them out of there uh, as quickly as possible. So we joined them together and uh, two great guys, one offense, one defense. Obviously, Peyton Miller, the offensive player, uh, wide receiver. Now. <laughs> He's a dude. Let's just uh, say that. Three. Three catches, 83 yards, one touchdown for him. And two interceptions for Elijah Bell, including a pick six. 
uh, in the game. We talk about uh, their performances and also what's coming up in the Buffalo State game uh, coming up and what they've learned from Coach Faj, uh, Coach Fagiano uh, along the way, especially Elijah Bell, who, you know, no secret, Fagiano's specialty is defense as he was the coordinator there, uh, or defensive coordinator at St. John Fisher before the Utica job. So we have Elijah Bell with uh, two interceptions in a row in the uh, first half, including a pick six. Peyton Miller, who had what I would call a put-away touchdown uh, in the second half. We're going to talk a little offense and defense with these guys as the rain pours down here. Elijah, you had a lot to do with, I think, the momentum staying where it was going into halftime. Uh, one was more of a fortunate bounce in your hands. The other one was pure skill. How'd you feel in that first half, and how's it feel to walk away with this big of a win in game one? Oh, it feels good. Uh, anytime you come on top of the victory, it, it's good for the team. It's good for momentum. Uh, I definitely think we have things to tighten up on in all three phases of the ball, and I think we'll get back to it tomorrow. We'll definitely do that. Make sure not for next week. Don't be shy right now because the rain's going to overpower us. But Peyton, we interviewed you last year. Uh, offensively, it was, it was a good time. We enjoyed you a lot, and uh, we we have a little dude reference on Twitter for you as well for oh. that touchdown you caught at the end of the game. Uh, E8 saw that as well. You're catching a lot of people's attention uh, with playing receiver. We talked to you when the transition was beginning last year. It seems to be a maturation now. How do you feel in that role? Yeah, it's definitely just, you know, experience. Uh, you know, experience get, getting reps at it and just getting better each day. You know, it, it's uh, I feel very, very comfortable at receiver. And it's uh, pretty much what it is, just reps after reps after reps, working on it all summer and getting better. How's it feel with Logan uh, at the helm? I mean, he's a sophomore. How much do you work with him with your own knowledge of that position to make him a better quarterback right now? Uh, I just, you know, run the routes that I'm supposed to run, and he throws it where he's supposed to throw it. You know, he's, he's a phenomenal quarterback, much better than I was. And, uh, you know, he, that's I'm not going to tell him how to do his job. I'm just going to do my job. And, and, and But we mess pretty well. So. Is this guy going to be a future coach? Do you, do you feel that oh, still? Oh, definitely, definitely. We uh, say that to him all the time. I, I definitely think he'll be a great coach one day. Coach Raggiano was a defensive coordinator at St. John Fisher. How much of his knowledge has he given to you in your uh, time here at Utica? What have you learned from him in the role of uh, defensive player here? Uh, definitely, you know, play the ups and downs of the game. Um, you know, like you said, what's going on defense is, is huge. Um, that brings momentum not only to us on the defensive side of the ball, but offense. You know, he preaches, you know, handling the momentum and, and just, just staying focused on your technique, you know, and just working as a team. You know, uh, there'll be ups and downs in the game. And, uh, you know, you don't shy away from it. You got to live with it. Amen to that. Buffalo State coming up next, uh, a team that used to be in your conference, now in the Liberty League. Uh, and St. John Fisher uh, kind of gave them a rude awakening uh, that the EA team still want to beat them pretty well today. Can you continue that momentum of beating uh, Buff State in these uh, crossover games? What do you think we'll see next week? Uh, next week, I think you'll see a more disciplined team uh, based on a te technique in all three phases of the game, as I mentioned before. Um, coaches will be hard on us tomorrow. You know, we'll, we'll celebrate tonight, but coaches will be hard on us tomorrow, right back on it, uh, because this is just step one, you know, where, where we want to be. Um, and a few weeks from now, you know, starts tomorrow. You know, started today, but carries on from tomorrow. Peyton, give me a, a week in the life of you now. How much game film do you watch in a week uh, when it comes to something like this, prepping for a Buffalo State team? Quite a bit, you know. Uh, probably three, four hours outside of the meetings. Maybe about an hour a day, but uh, you know, just looking for tendencies, coverages, and stuff like that. Anything to 
uh, you know, tip off what the defense is doing. But, you know, a lot of it actually just comes down to playing because, you know, they can, you know, you can prepare for a team all you want and they can come out in something different or whatever. But really, you just got to win your one-on-one -on -one matchup. You know, you got a, you got a corner or a safety one-on-one. -on -one. You got to go win. You, you know, you can't, you can't uh, like teach that on film. You just got to go out there and do it. So, yeah, I mean, film, film helps a lot. I would say it's much more valuable from a quarterback standpoint than a receiver standpoint. You can get away with watching a lot less. But I still like to know what, what's coming, you know. Sounds uh, like a guy that is going to get into coaching right there, breaking <laughs> it down. Last question for you, actually. St. Lawrence, it looked like you guys had them confused uh, with your defenses. Were you shading defenses a little bit, uh, from what I could tell, to throw off the QB a little bit in his reads? Yeah, we um, Coach had a great game plan coming in. Um, you know, and he mentioned it to us early in the week, what we wanted to do and what he wanted to do, and we stuck to it. You know, we, we were able to play our techniques well and disguise uh, very well tonight. Um, but I don't think we'll, you know, can keep getting better, and uh, we will get better. Speaking about better, we always get the better and better shout-outs to uh, anybody watching uh, from uh, guys as the years have gone along. So you guys have to keep up in the game right now. So any shout-outs to friends, family, teammates that might be watching? Elijah Bell, you first. Uh, Floor is yours. Shout-out to the fans that came tonight. Uh, appreciated the energy. Um, see you guys next week. Peyton, you've done this before. What do you got for us? Shout-outs to family, friends, etc. Shout out to my my family, my mom and dad, brother, sister, my grandma and grandpa. Shout out to all our fans that support us. Shout out to our tailgate, the 12th man tailgate. Shout out to uh, you know Bleed Ball, all the firefighters battling cancer, and, and just what you know what this program is all about. And uh, you know shout out to this whole team. So. I wore my pink shirt tonight uh, in honor of the beat cancer approach here tonight. Guys, 40 to 14 victory. Congratulations and good luck next week against Buffalo State. Thank you to two dudes, Peyton Miller and Elijah Bell. So Utica, is, I said it on the prior show. This isn't a team that's going to win by 30 like this soft or 26, whatever it was. Uh, they're going to have some close games throughout the season, I have a feeling. But with leadership like these guys provided on both sides of the ball on Saturday, they could go pretty far too in the Empire Eight. This could be. A very surprising year in that conference. Hobart helped prove that with the Brockport game. Why not Utica? Yeah, they have a good complement of a, of a now an experienced quarterback uh, plus a, a, a strong receiving core. They can run the ball. Their defense can make the stops. They've got a strong special teams unit. They've got all the aspects to, to make a run at the Empire A title, and they might. Logan Wilcox uh, being that quarterback you're talking about. And uh, he was, we wanted him to join us, but he wasn't feeling well after that game. I, I think uh, the anxiety of game one really does get to these players. It was uh, not really warm, but obviously you can work yourself up into a lather during a game when it's 60 plus degrees outside. And uh, look, uh, we'll get him next time uh, that we're out there. But look, we brought up in the interview Peyton Miller's versatility and honesty about his quarterbacking skills compared to Wilcox. He steps up. He's almost my height. He's basically, I say, 5'10", 5'11", Peyton Miller. Uh, and we saw that catch where he just stretched out for you know that end zone catch. He, he plays a lot larger than he is in terms of uh, the stature he uh, carries out in the field. So it was great to see him in person and get to meet him in person and watch him play in person. Uh, we are big Peyton Miller fans, obviously, here on In the Huddle after last year's interview. Let's now move on to 
the big matchup coming up this weekend. And we have both teams covered here. First, Delaware Valley. We uh, had uh, me out there, basically, at uh, Kane. And Anthony Fontana, yep. before we started the interview, was ribbing me, the quarterback. He's a senior for uh, DelVal. He was like, so, yeah, you know, uh, we, we, we picked – no, 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 that's – that's more Michael Nobile, actually, that one, uh, what you're doing right there. But Fontana uh, was the one picking on me because of my uh, pick on uh, the quick hits uh, part of uh, D3Football.com because I said it would be a close game. It was a game to watch. And the, it, apparently I watched that pick go up in smoke. Uh, Fontana, 6 for 8, 205 yards passing, three touchdowns, 90 yards rushing, and another touchdown on the ground, responsible for four touchdowns. We talked to him about what's what it's like taking over for Darden and how it felt. So I'm getting razzed already, Mr. Fontana, on the idea that I called for an upset in this game. I said it'd be a close game. You did? You, you made it me very wrong in this, 37-7, to and you had 295 yards tonight. Uh, I think 205 in the air, 6 or 8 passing. Your QBR is, like, extraordinary right now. But how did it feel getting the start here after, obviously, Darden graduates off? How did today uh, tonight feel for you? It felt great. Uh, I sat behind Darden for two years. He's a great football player. Back in New Jersey, my home state. It's felt good to get a win. I have my family come out tonight. It's, it's a great win. Well, you know, this team came has had its ups and downs, as you know. Uh, and being a Jersey guy, you probably do know that. But you know, what did you expect from them coming in, and what did you get ultimately from yeah, them? It's been a tough front seven. We knew we were going to get that. We wanted to hit them in the mouth with a lot of ISO and stuff like that. And we did that. Um, we were able to stretch it outside and get get yards that way too. Now we got a big game coming up next week, Wesley. I'm sure Coach Greco is trying to tell you guys not to look ahead, not to get bitten by a team like Kane in that whole situation, one game at a time. But now we can look at it briefly, at least. What do you expect in that game, and how did this game help tune you up for it? Oh, it's going to be a great game next week. Can't wait. Can't wait. Short, short on words there. I, they got a little video to watch, but first we're going to celebrate this one. And being a player guest, you get to get some shout-outs, so go ahead. Shout out to all the boys that came, my family, Uncle Joe, Uncle Steve, Frank, Fader, thanks for coming. Uncle Joe, Uncle Steve, I, I, I think I can relate for some reason here. Anthony Fontana, congratulations, good luck next week. Thank you. Anthony Fontana, a lot of fun with him uh, out there on Friday night. Another rainy night, uh, it's kind of funny, the post-game interviews were mired in rain uh, for me. Jason Bowen was nice and dry, what the heck? <laughs> Michael Nobile, sophomore defensive lineman, eight tackles, six and a half of them are losses, 23 yards of losses on those. His brother, uh, I think Anthony Nobile, is injured right now, so Michael had to really, you know, uh, carry the torch for the Nobile family, and uh, I think he did it. Don't quote me on this, okay? But uh, Mike, before the interview, I uh, was, as you were saying earlier, fixing the hair a little bit because... He knows he doesn't want just his stats to look good. He wants to look good. I think he does. We'll see you right here in this interview. Michael Nobile, at halftime, you had four and a half tackles for loss. You end the game, I believe, with six and a half, uh, ultimately. Uh, tremendous effort. You're a sophomore. We know about your freshman season. But did you think the sophomore jinx might kick in and you had to really prove yourself here with that many tackles for loss tonight? Uh, I actually really didn't think about it too much. I just, you know, uh, worked my tail off the week. Had a great, great, uh, great game plan going in against these guys. Um, you know, no, I didn't really think about it too much. Just playing football. Now, Kane, uh, 
posed some obvious challenges uh, early on. They did uh, have a goal line stand, and your defense stepped up and got the safety early. Uh, did that motivate the team from that point forward after kind of, uh, oof, you know, we didn't get it in to suddenly we scored nine points in about 65 seconds? Nah, we, uh, as, a, as a defense, we always got each other's back, and uh, I didn't feel that uh, that we were going to mess up. We, we made a great play down at the goal line, and, um, and yeah, you know, we're always up. We're always positive. We're never down, so. Was there any pressure coming into this season that the uh, offense was losing a lot of players, a lot of yards, and that the defense had to really step it up to keep this team atop the MAC, atop you know the East Region this season? Nah, I, to be honest, I don't think so at all. We had a great returning guy, Anthony Fontana, coming back that we were very confident in. We got a very good transfer, Bo, that just came in. Uh, they've been working their tails off, battling every every day. Thank you. Um, and, and no, I don't think so at all, actually. We, and, and our guys returning really stepped up in the offseason. Next week, big game. Wesley, we all know you know what that poses here. It's kind of the beast of the East. Uh, you know, Brockport may uh, argue about that a little bit, but these two teams are perennially there. Right. What do you expect in that game? A lot of town, a lot of speed. Uh, the offensive line is very good. They're very fundamentally sound. Uh, we just gotta, you know, have a great game plan. You know, um, do a little bit better than we did last year. Um, going in, you know, a little more focused. And uh, I mean, our talent speaks for itself. We got an amazing amount of guys out here. And uh, personally, I, I, I think that if we do what we gotta do, and we do everything, you know, like we do in practice, I feel like we can definitely put up a good fight against these guys. Now the fun part. Shout out to anybody watching. Go to Maggie's. <laughs> Make it short and sweet. Thank you. Congratulations. Michael Nobile, a lot of fun with him as well out there at Kane for Delaware Valley. And uh, they're going to be facing that Wesley team, as we said. Uh, you know, we, we asked the question uh, in the previous episode of Coach Greco, if the team played like they did on Friday night, could they beat Wesley? And the answer was, you just it's so tough to answer that question. It's, a, it's really a trap question for a coach. But the players are focused on it now. They wanted to enjoy that victory. They had the extra day to enjoy it because they played on Friday. And so we... You know, didn't expect to have much, yeah, we're watching tape or anything like that or film uh, type stuff because obviously we're going to watch. Wesley uh, plays the next day, 69 nothing win against Franklin Pierce. Shymere Vessels, all-name team here on In the Huddle, right? Right off the bat, all-name team. Uh, three tackles, one and a half for loss in a day that obviously the starters didn't have to play for too long but he's a team leader. He, despite being a junior defensive end, he's a team leader, according to Coach Knapp. And that's why uh, Jason Bowen was able to get him for an interview. Let's hear from Shymir Vessels about the Franklin Pierce game and I'm thinking the Del Valle game too. I'm here with Wesley defensive end Shymir Vessels after a 69-0 victory over Franklin Pierce College here in uh, New Hampshire today. Shymir, uh, your defense dominating today, allowing just 26 yards. Uh, total just three first downs. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, how you guys were able to uh, really shut them down totally today. No, uh, first of all, it was just uh, throughout filming stuff, you know, just watching film. We knew coming in that uh, we didn't have, well, really have any film on this stuff. So Coach Bot just told us, you know, just go out there and execute. You know, like Coach Drash used to say, just do your 111, do your job, and we'll be fine. And. Uh, Talk about that defensive line. You guys seem like you have a lot of depth on the defensive line. You got a couple guys coming back from injury last year and Nick Lover and Rock Hunter. And uh, how, how do you guys feel you guys are melding together as camp's gone and, and into the first game here? 
as the season progresses more, I'm starting to learn like how Nick and Rock and you know the rest of the line plays and stuff. You know, through that chemistry and stuff, we're becoming uh, more successful as like one unit and stuff. And then in and out, like Coach Smith and Coach Dan, you know, they tell us every day that it starts up front with us. So when the D line gets going, then the rest of the defense get going. What's it like to have Coach Smith back in the program? I know Tom uh, was away coaching high school ball for a couple of years, but had been with Wesley and Coach Drass for a long time. Good to have him back. You know, it's been great having Coach Smith back. He has definitely taught me a lot, a lot that I have learned from his stuff and getting, getting uh, the D-line as a whole better and better each and every day. He's definitely has been a big help uh, since returning here. You know, I really appreciate it. All right, you look forward uh, to next week, a big football game going on the road against a ranked opponent, and uh, that's nothing new for, for, for Wesley. Um, and at least in your time here, uh, how do you guys feel going into next week's matchup against Delaware Valley? We definitely feel great. We have, uh, you know, riding this momentum right now. I mean, this game wasn't like as much, but it shows as a defense as a whole, you know, that we were talking greatly out there, you know, all 11 to the ball and stuff. Like, we feel very great about going against Delvile and stuff. There's no doubt in my mind that, you know, like all my guys and stuff, I'll go to war with each and every day. Who would you give a shout out to? Who would you like to give a shout out to? I would definitely give a shout out to my uh, my friend Troy Haynes down in Texas. I told him Texas before the game that you know this game was for you, and then you know went out there and did that for you. So it's for you, Troy. And tell us a little bit about Troy for people who don't know. Uh, Troy Haynes uh, was my former quarterback in high school, and he has just recently been diagnosed with cancer and all that. Right now he's doing he's doing great right now. You know, talking to him each and every day and stuff. You know, he inspires me to stuff to keep going hard each and every day. You know, like the slogan, Fight Like Four. And that's the hashtag people should look for if they want to follow Troy's progress. Fight Like Four. Thanks, Shymir. Great game. Thank you. Shymir Vessels again for Wesley. And so there we have it. Uh, four schools worth of interviews. But Delaware Valley, Wesley, we heard your pick yesterday. Obviously, yep. it's the marquee game of the East region with a lot of marquee type of games because of the out-of-region stuff that's happening, Linfield at Rowan, etc. Um, this is going to be an interesting Saturday coming up. Uh, the, the players that we have interviewed here are the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, eight players I have uh, in my count here that we interviewed. I think we'll yeah. all play a huge role in what happens to their teams next on this uh, next weekend. I think they're all Saturday games, uh, all three games that are involved there. Utica Buff State is WPI, yep. uh, RPI is Saturday at 2.30. Del Val Wesley yeah. Saturday afternoon as well. So, JB, if you had to pick one of these eight players, this is tough. Who do you think might be the most pivotal to their team out of these eight players that we had interviewed? Oh, boy. Um, well, I think, well, oof. I'll go with Ostrowski just because I think um, the the transit trophy WPI RPI game, as I said in the prior episode, will definitely have ramifications on the playoffs. I mean, obviously, Delval Wesley will also, but I could see situations where whoever loses this game still gets in, whereas WPI RPI could be an elimination situation. So I think the defense of WPI is going to have to match up against uh, uh, Marianopolis. They get that Marinopolis. right. Marinopolis. Marinopolis. It's Greek names. Can't do it. Let's be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, but I'm getting there. Marinopolis. 
and company from the New York engineers is going to have a tough task moving the ball on this WPI defense. And in the past, WPI has come into this game looking good and then kind of falling short. So it'll be, I think that, that to me would be my pick. I'm sure though you could say, you know, any of the other players in here would have a big impact on their games and it would be right. Anthony Fontana, that's my pick because the, the lift he has to pick up from uh, Deshaun, uh, you know, from last year, it, it, you know, Darden was a special player and we thought by losing him, it would open up the Mac race a little bit and make a game like this, a really tough lift for Delaware Valley. If he plays like he did against Kane, which is a lot tougher to do against Wesley. I understand that, but it's also week one we're looking at where quarterback play can be sloppy too and receivers can drop passes and everything else. He went six for eight, I get it, but he can also run. And if he can play like he did on Friday, he will be able to carry this team to another MAC championship and possibly a win in a game like this. We'll talk about our pick again on Thursday, but Fontana to me is the biggest key out of these eight players because of what he needs to essentially replace from last year. Make sense? Well, I will say that one last little quick thing is that a lot of times people will say that after like a two or three year starter graduates, it's like, oh, we're starting over from scratch. But in reality, a lot of times those guys have been such good mentors to the number two quarterback beneath them that by the time that player moves into that starting role, they're just as good and if not better in certain cases than than the person that they're replacing. We saw that with FDU in a certain – I was kind of teasing with Jagger Green, who we had on the show last year. is like, is this, uh, you know, is this guy like you know, 2.0 for you? And he's like, I hope so. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly how you should look at it. If, you, if, you know, if you, there's been a guy that you've been bringing up and then you're, you're back up your teammate for the last couple of years, and I think we might see that with Fontana. Who knows? You know, Deshaun Darden actually, uh, I believe, retweeted or uh, liked uh, the tweets uh, we had about uh, his, uh, you know, mentee, Fontana. Uh, They're all rooting for these guys. They're all team players through and through, the guys that graduated. We had some uh, really unheard of activity, um, the clips that we were playing and other stuff that we were recording and putting up on yeah. Twitter, et cetera. We had over 2,000 views on one, over 1,600 views on another, the Utica one. We've had some great response on the stuff that we've been running from former players, names we recognize that were coming through in our tweets. We appreciate that, but we also value it for what it means, which is they stay in touch with their teams and their teammates and that's the way it's supposed to be here in Division Three. That's huge. Yes, but we need we need the people watching this right now to follow us on Twitter at D3FB Huddle. We need you guys to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We need you guys to subscribe to our podcast iTunes channel so you can get this kind of content. Uh, we're, you know, we're putting it out there, and ultimately, it's up to you, the the D3 uh, East Region Nation, to spread it out and get it out there. So. I mean, obviously, D3 football does a great job covering, you know, the whole of, of D3, but we're trying to carve out our own little thing here, focusing on the East, even though we're sort of slowly adopting certain parts of Pennsylvania and the South and Maryland and all that. But, you know, this, it's, it's how we're organically growing. But if you could give us a follow, that'd be great. And we'll, uh, we'll keep trying to provide good content. Well, I don't know if this is good or not, Frank, but we're, we're providing content either way. And uh, we'll do our best to, to bring it to you every week. 
I, I feel like uh, we're going to have like a little Brady Bunch uh, type thing uh, with the eight players for this uh, video and us in the middle of it, basically. We'll be Alice the Maid, apparently, uh, in the middle. <laughs> so I can already see how uh, we're going to form our uh, cover photo for this episode. The most player interviews we've ever had in one show, I believe, right here. And well, uh, while you I keep know, posing. The Frostburg offensive line might have you know, tipped the scales a little bit, but... You know, it's it's you know, Coach Fitzgerald. You know, he he just put all he put it all in there. <laughs> On that note, uh, predictions coming up later in the week. Also, a Coach Fredenberg interview from a couple weeks ago that I did. Uh, not much has changed since then, so it's very relevant. Uh, you'll probably hear a little bit on the ATN uh, Late Week podcast, uh, and uh, basically we'll play the full thing right here on in the huddle on Thursday night. So tune in and thanks for watching.